This is Brother Julius Adeomi. I'm going through the Gospel of Matthew. We are now in chapter 21. Where Jesus Christ went through Jericho. Now in chapter 21, he was going to Jerusalem. From verse 1. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say hurt unto you, ye shall say, The Lord has need of them. And straightway he will send them. Now, that was how Matthew reported it. And in all the other places, they also reported the same way that there were two, the, the, the ass and this colt. The colt is the baby has that has never been ridden. But when they got to the the other in Mark, he said he actually was riding the baby house. So you wonder what, what, how did they treat the mother house? Because the, the Bible said in the prophecy that it was to be fulfilled, that said the king comment on three, which we read in verse 4. Eh? He said it was, he was riding on the baby house. Verse 4. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, Thy king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. Now, he said, upon an ass and a colt, the foal of an ass. So, can you sit on both of them together? But when you see the other place, he says, you, they should bring the one that no man has ever read, which is the colt. So, that statement was saying, it was actually on the ass, but it's the colt of an ass that you actually sitting on. So well, maybe the mother house was just going ahead to lead the baby ass, or the mother house was just let go. That was not reported. The fall of an ass is what he was right now. Verse 6. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, both of them were brought, and put on them their cloths. Now, the, and Matthew said they put on both of them their cloths. And they set him there on. So now, that's why we say, was he setting on both of them? But the prophecy says it was on the cold. And verse 8, And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strode them in the way. And the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So they were rejoicing and praising God. Verse 10, there, And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Now, another thing I always amaze is that all of these things were fulfilling age-old prophecies. And yes, it looked like it was just done in a corner somewhere in Jerusalem when the rest of the world didn't even know anything about it. But age-old prophecy from heaven. And yet it was done in a corner somewhere in Jerusalem. And the whole world, the rest of the world didn't know anything about it. But when you even look at the people that were gathered, that were following and singing Hosanna, 
that we are in like this, it looked like the whole nation was sick. So no, it's just these few people that are disciples. Not the 12, maybe there are many more people that join them, 120 of them perhaps. But see, 120 out of the whole city, that's why the people are saying, who, are, who is this person that they are, they are singing in front of him? And they say, well, you have to introduce this is Jesus of Nazareth, the prophet of Nazareth. So the other people in Jesus will be wondering that, well, why are they singing like this before him? Whereas heaven has declared this hundreds of years before, and it's only done in the corner, and known by some few one hundred people that are following this rabbi. So God walking in simplicity is what I'm trying to make you to see. Eternal things that were determined of old, being done in the corner here in simplicity. Just the same way as the Bible has prophesied that the, the child will be born, and he was born in a manger. Only few people knew about it until the wise men came and make the whole city know that what's going on here. Verse 12. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Now verse 14 is a key thing I have preached on. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. Now, there was, a, there was a reason why the Lord made up Matthew to record this. He said the blind and he didn't say the, the sick, the afflicted. The, he just basically called them the blind and the lame. Why? Because that was an ordinance that was already prophesied in the scriptures. When King David wanted to take over Jerusalem to make it capital of his kingdom. In the days of King David, immediately after they made him king, when the old Israel made King David king, he took his army to go and take over Jerusalem to make it his capital. And the Jebusites that were descend that were living in Jerusalem, which are not Israelites, they were the people that were not driven away from from Jerusalem when they were conquering the place. They send a message to King David and say, you can't come in here except you can take away the blind and the lame. Specifically say the blind and the lame. But the Bible said, David recognized that that was something from God. And he turned aside and didn't overthrow Jerusalem. But he took where called Zion. Zion was a, so it's a adjoining town to Jerusalem. Made that Zion to be called the city of David. And then he said, anyone that can take over, anyone that can smile the blind and the lame and take over, they will be chief. And, uh, you know, physically they said it was Joab that did that, but uh, they were talking about a spiritual thing, a spiritual ordinance. God, being the God of heaven and earth, was trying to tell them something, that only a great king should be ruling from Jerusalem, the city of the great king. That was what Jesus Christ meant when he said, don't swear by Jerusalem, they don't swear by your head. Don't swear by Jerusalem because this Jerusalem is the city of the great king. So how we will know the great king? The great king must have three full crown. Three full crown. He must be a prophet, he must be a priest, and he must be a king. King, priest, and prophet. Those are the triple crown that the great king must have. The great king that can rule from Jerusalem and rule over Israel and rule over the whole world. That was what was possible. When you see when you see it in the, in the book of uh, Samuel, how David was told not to come in either to Jerusalem unless he can take away the blind and the lame. And he understood it 
and step aside, he didn't go and to attack them. But see, carnally, they said it was a job that finally took, took them, took it over. But nonetheless, Jerusalem was not where they put their capital until, until the Messiah will come, he will be ruling from Jerusalem. Even right now, they are still struggling to put a capital, they still have a capital in Tel Aviv, even though those people don't even believe anything spiritual. But this is a spiritual ordinance that was written down in the days of King David that you cannot come in here unless you can take away the blind and the lame. For you to take away the blind and the lame, you have to be what? You have to be a prophet and a priest and a king. The blind and the lame can be healed by a prophet, not so. But you have to be both prophet, king, and priest. So this is what was being revealed here in chapter in that chapter 21. That now the Lord Jesus Christ came into the town, Jerusalem, he came in riding upon a horse. And when you ride in and they are hailing you that Hosanna to the son of David, they are saying you are the king. And they are asking, they are telling the world that he is our king, he's our king. So he rode in as a king. Okay. But each time he came by, he always came in as a preacher. A prophet, a preacher, a prophet, a prophet is a teacher, a preacher. So everybody knows him to be a prophet from Galilee. That's what they tell him. This is Jesus of Na the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. So he was called a prophet. So he has the prophetic crown. Now he was riding on the house to fulfill what the prophecy said. I say, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass. So he came in as a king and he was a Hosanna to the son of his. So he's a king and a prophet. What? Now he went into the temple. And what did he do in the temple? Cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrow the tables of the money changers, and the seats of them that sold doors. What? That is the responsibility of priests. So he also just assumed the responsibility of the priests. So now he's trying to make, he's now, he's now king, prophet, and now he's also a priest. Is he the triple crown king we have been waiting for? Let's send to him the blind and the lame. He has to take them out. If you can take away the blind and the lame according to the ordinance that was given through the Jebusites to King David, then we are said that this is spiritual, are spiritual things. And what the Bible said, and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. So that makes him the triple crown king. I pray that you that are listening, you understand this, as you may know that Jesus is the Lord, the Messiah, the King of Israel, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Verse 15. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were so displeased. Now, they will be offended. They will be angry because he's taking the position of a priest. And they are calling him a, a, a king. The son of David is expected to be a king. And so they came to him and said, Here is that what this say. I mean, you are letting them, you are letting them call you king. You are letting them call you son of David. That's what they are saying. You are letting them call you Jesus Christ. Yeah. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise? So it's not denying that he is the son of David, king that is to come. Verse 17. And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany. And he lodged there. Now, verse 18. When they are coming back, the following day. Now, in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only. And said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee, henceforth forever. Presently the fig tree withered away. Now people wonder that 
Didn't the logical know that there will be no tree, no roof on that tree? Why did he go there? Because he wanted to teach lesson. Christ was teaching lesson. He was hungry. That's why he went there. Yeah, he could be hungry. But he said he wanted to teach faith. So he purposely went by that victory. And the disciples could see that way. There is nothing on this victory. He could have just sat and said, go look whether there is something in that victory. No. He went by there because he wanted to teach faith. And that is really what this is all about, not just because of where if he if he is a prophet, he should have known from a distance that there's no fruit of that tree. Couldn't he see vision? Yeah, he could see all those things he knew, but he went there to teach faith. So when he said, Let no fruit grow on thee and for forever, and presently the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon is the fig tree withered away? Now in the other chapter when Mark reported, he said it was when they are coming by the second day. That they went by there to see what has happened to the victory. When he said it, on the first time he passed by, there was looked like nothing happened. But when they are coming by the second day, the tree has already withered to the root. But Matthew didn't report that Matthew somebody said immediately he said it, it withered away. And they were saying, Wow, how soon is this victory withered away? Verse 21. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not. He shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if he shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Now he said believing. So not just everything you ask in prayer, but with what you are believing. And when you look at Mark chapter 11, it, it was explained further in that chapter that whatsoever ye shall ask, Believing, if you believe that you receive them, then you shall have them. So it is believing that you receive them. After you ask, you believe that you have received them, then you shall have them. That's what he said in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. And it was paraphrased by Matthew here and said, All things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Which perhaps people wonder that, what, how, how does that compare with, or how does that play out? This is how Mark puts it, that makes it a little bit more clear. In Mark chapter 11, verse 24, he described it this way. He said, Therefore I say unto you, What things ever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. So that believing simply is summarizing, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, verse 23 of Matthew, back to Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 21, verse 23. And when he was coming to the temple, the chief priests and elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? Now, you know, the logicians came the first time, the second time here in that same temple, drove the people out that the, this house is said to be the house of prayer, which I said he was taking the responsibility of the, of the priests. And now he's the triple crown king. King, prophet, and priest, which he did a, a day before, when he drove everybody out and said, don't, don't, don't turn this house to a house of chiefs. This is a house of prayer. Now, the, the, the authorities, the chief priests and the rulers, they were really offended because they were the ones that were established for the people to be bringing their goods into this section and the people to be buying the dust in this section because they are making money out of all these things they are selling. Because you are going to buy it at a marked up price because you see, well, you can go to the town and go buy your own dove. If you want to buy it right in the temple, double price. Almost like going to the airport. 
something you go to McDonald's airport, how much they sell their hamburger inside the airport at the gate is higher than how much you buy hamburger on the streets of the city. So it's a marked up price. So they are doing that also in the temple because the chief priests and the rulers of the temple are taking a cut. Taking a cut from whatever they are selling. So these people that are selling goods that they are going to use for sacrifice are on this corner. And they sell at markup price, give some percentage of it to, to the temple priests and so on and so forth. So it became like, God said, they are thieves. Because you can buy the same goat from the town at half, almost half the price and bring it in yourself. That's labor. You buy right here, you don't need to be dragging your goat. So that becomes a problem thieves. They just make my father's house to become the house of thieves. Den of lions, den, den of thieves, what they call it, den of thieves. Now, so they came the second time when they saw him in the temple, they wanted to challenge him. The priest came and wanted to challenge him. They said, Who gave you this authority to be doing this? I mean, send the people out of the temple. How dare you? The chief priest and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority dwell thou this things? And who gave thee this authority? That's what they're asking. They're not talking about why are you teaching? He has come every year to and they come and teach every feast, every feast day. But this time he actually bring to drive people out so that ask them to ask this question. Who gave you the authority to be doing that? Verse 24. And Jesus answered and said unto them, I also will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I in likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, whence was it? From heaven or of men? So John the Baptist that was baptizing, everybody was going there to baptize by him. Was he sent by heaven? Or did he just send himself? So they said, And the reason within themselves say, If we shall say from heaven, he will say unto us, Why did ye not be, then believe him? But if we shall say of men, we fear the people for all old John as a prophet. So now they went aside to discuss this. They said, We can't say it's from men. Or if we will take John as a prophet. They will stone us if we say John was just made, made up by himself. If you see it's from heaven, you will say, why didn't you believe him? So they came back and said, the answer Jesus said, we cannot tell. I mean, we don't know. So they don't know whether John was sent by heaven or John just made it baptism by himself. So Jesus Christ said to them, neither tell I you by what authority I do this thing. Also, if you don't know, then don't ask me about my either. Why? Because John the Baptist pointed to Jesus also. So if you rather believe John the Baptist was sent by heaven for him to point to Jesus, or he was making it up by himself, so that make what he pointed to also not accepted by heaven also, not sent by heaven. If heaven sent John, and John said, heaven told him to say, this is the Messiah, and you say you believe heaven sent John, you better believe that what he said about this man is true also. But if you don't believe heaven sent John, then you won't believe that woman is pointing to also is everyone says also. So that is why Christ said, Well, if you don't know, I don't need to tell you my either. But since he is, see, but what thinking the Lord was going to give them a parable now? A certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. And the other one said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. And went not. And those are the people that just, they just do a, a what do you call, eye service. When the boss is coming, they behave as if they are the best. 
And when the boss is gone, you don't do nothing. Why the other first son said no, he was thought that the boss almost had problem telling him to do anything. But when the boss is left, he repented and said, I beg, beg, just go do it. And that was what the Lord said. He said, two sons, one of them said, I will not. They repent and go. The other one is always pleasing the eye surface. He won't do it. And he said, Whether of them twain did the will of his father? He said, Well, the first one, because he actually did it also. The other one was just playing eye service and never did it. Jesus said unto them, Verily I said unto you, that the publicans and the allots go into the kingdom of God before you. What does that mean? I mean, the publicans and the others are the people that these chief priests and the Pharisees have said, these are sinners. All of sinners, publicans, tax collectors, sinners. You have said these people are not, are not, are not uh, following the law of Moses. They, but they are believing the Messiah now, they are going to go in first. You that say you are following God and you don't believe the Messiah, you are going to either be casted out. So that's why Christ is pointing to the publicans and the others. They very nice to you that the publicans and the others go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believe him not. But the publicans and the others believed him. And ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward that ye might believe him. They didn't even, they didn't even believe John the Baptist. Now the Lord was going to give them another parable, verse 33. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and edged it round about, and dig the wine press in it, and built a tower, and let it out to husbandmen, and went to a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew nigh, drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen, that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants and beat one, and killed another and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, he sent unto them his son, saying, They will reference my son. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him. Let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him, and cast him out of the vineyard, and slew him. When the Lord therefore of the vineyard comment, what will he do unto those husbandmen? He was, the Lord was asking that question from the people that are listening, from the Pharisees that are listening, about this husbandmen that were so evil that they even now kill the the owner of the of the lease vineyard. They lease vineyard, but they are not giving anything for it. They are not paying their due fruit for it. And they saw the owner coming, and the son of the owner coming, they plotted to kill the son of the owner so that they can seize on that inheritance. So what do you think the Lord of that vineyard will do? So the people answer and say, Well, he will miserably destroy those wicked men, and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. So they judge Israel, well, that is what the husbandman should do get the police, get the soldiers, let them attack these husbandmen that are so wicked. And kill them and give your vineyard to somebody else. And the Lord going to say, That's exactly what's going to happen. But for to Jesus said unto them, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same is become the head of the corner. 
this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Now, why did the Lord quote this Bible verse? Because this was in the book of Psalms, Psalm 118, verse 23. The stone we, the builders, rejected. The same has become the end of God. More or less pointing to the fact that he himself, Jesus Christ, that they, these chief priests and the rulers of the officials have rejected that they don't want him. They don't believe he's the Messiah. He is the chief cornerstone. That is, he is the son of the owner. That is, the people that he just gave a parable that they, they, are, they plan to kill the son of the owner of that vineyard. He has come as the son of the owner and they are going to kill him. They are rejecting him. He is the chief cornerstone. He said, the stone with the builders, the builders are these chief priests that are saying they are trying to build Israel. They said they don't want this stone. They said that is the chief cornerstone that they don't want, which is him, the Messiah, is the one that they don't want. That's why I said the stone with the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. He said, this is the Lord's doing, this marvelous in our eyes. Verse 43, therefore, say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you, from who? From you, from Israel, from you, chief priests and rulers of Israel. And given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. Now, listen to that. People have a, a problem with the fact that they say, well, God has not forsaken Israel. But Christ said, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you. What do you mean by you? The nation is Israel. And given to another nation that will bring forth the fruit thereof. Everybody has been trying to claim that nation, have you had that nation, with that nation. Yeah, any nation that is preaching the gospel is the, can claim that nation. But see, Israel was, it was taken away from Israel in, in the form that the nation Israel was destroyed after Christ, after Christ went up, destroyed after 40 years later, and the people were scattered worldwide, and that was how it was taken away from them. But God also promised in the book of the prophets, Isaiah and all the other prophets, that God will bring them back after a long time, back to that land. Because the Messiah has to rule from that land over the whole world in the seven-day rest of God. Seven-day rest, the millennial rest. So that has been fulfilled in that the kingdom was taken away from them and given to the nations. Some people that said, uh, England said they are the nations. America said they are the nation. They are all preaching the gospel, sending missionaries out to preach the gospel. So any nation that is doing that can classify that can say they are also doing the same thing. Bringing forth the fruit of verse 44. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. Which stone? The stone which the builder rejects as what he's talking about himself. If you fall upon it, you will be broken. But whosoever shall fall upon it, you will grind him to powder. So don't fall upon. Don't let the stone fall upon you. And that was what the, the chief priest and ruler didn't know. They let him fall upon them and they destroyed their city. Christ said that the destruction of Jerusalem will be a vengeance, day of vengeance, vengeance that he crucified the Messiah. So that was why they were scattered worldwide. I was listening to somebody in, among the Jewish people that were resisting the gospel of Jesus Christ on, on YouTube just some days ago because they saw the, the, some Christians coming to try to witness to them. And this man was saying that Jesus is not their Messiah. I just shook my head that these people are still, I mean, those are the, the rabbinic Jews that still believe that uh, they are following Moses. And they believe that they were following the chief priests and the rulers that killed Jesus. Up to today, they still have some of them. They say there are many other Jews that have believed Christ. Just like the apostles 
they believe Christ and followed him. There are many other Jews, even in this generation, call them the Messianic Jews, that know that Jesus Christ, they believe the Messiah is Jesus Christ. But the, those who don't accept it, they will find themselves granted to powder, like Christ said in verse 44. Verse 45, and when the chief priests and Pharisees had heard these parables, they perceived that he spake of them. And when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. So they knew that this parable that Jesus Christ gave was talking about them. I don't, I don't know how they understood it, but uh, they, they wanted to, to, take a, to take a step, but they were afraid of the crowd. And that's why they let, just let it go, waiting for the right time for them to arrest the Messiah. But see, that was the end of chapter 21. We are going to chapter 22 in a, in a moment. And I believe that the Lord has given us some insight. It's the only thing he was teaching us. God bless you.